Good evening, and peace be with you. It's been a while since we have done a Monday, Thursday service, and so just a, a little bit of uh, house cleaning beforehand. First of all, thank you to all the volunteers and, and everyone who's participated uh, in making this possible. I want to thank you. It's a lot of work, and uh, I know that, and I recognize that, and I'm grateful for that. Um, this is a service that is solemn, uh, that it is uh, in one part celebratory because we will be uh, communing together, the Lord's Supper, but it is also solemn as we end it in silence after having stripped the elements off of the altar up to and including taking pastor's white collar from him. Um, and we leave uh, with the lights low and we leave in silence. So um, it is a it's not a salvation issue of the way that we do it. It is not a faith issue in the way that we do this, but it is a way that we practice our faith, amen, so that we are reminded of what this night means. So without further ado, um, we will please uh, follow with me and responsively uh, pray with me as we go through our bulletin. And I'm going to kind of turn around and collect myself because I've got lots going on in my mind, I guess, right now. I'm kind of losing it, so bear with me. Thank you. <laughs> Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
wondrous sacrament, you have left us a remembrance of your passion. Grant that we may so receive the sacred mystery of your body and blood, that the fruits of your redemption may continually be manifest in us. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good evening. First reading this evening is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 24, verses 3 through 11, and this can be found on page 125 in your pew Bible. I'll set the stage. This is the first time that God dictated the Ten Commandments to Moses, as well as several chapters of rules 
before our reading this evening. Moses was told to tell the Israelites all that he had been told. It's later on that God etched the Ten Commandments in the stone tablets, and even further after that, that God provided a second set of tablets after Moses broke the first ones. But in this reading, God had just dictated all of the commandments and rules. Exodus 24, beginning with the third verse. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice, everything the Lord has said, we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half the blood and put it in bowls and the other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate and drank. The epistle this evening is taken from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. And this can be found on page 1783 in your pew Bible. Previous to this, Paul had warned these uh, new Christians about worshiping idols rather than Jesus, saying, you can't have it both ways, and we are all one in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with the 16th verse. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. It is indeed from Mark 14, chapter, chapter 14, verses 12 through 26, and can be found on page 1579 in your pew Bible. 
On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large room that is upstairs, and it's furnished, and it's ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, and they went into the city, and they found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. And while they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they were saddened. And one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And then he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank from it. He said, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them, Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine, until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts. Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Mercy. Mercy is not exactly a word that you hear every day. And for example, if you were walking on the pier with me, Uh, down at Huntington Beach, and we heard someone say, Lord, have mercy. We might look around, and we'd see other people turn to see just what kind of person would use that word in public. Now, on the other hand, we say it in church all the time. We say, Lord, have mercy upon us, or in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer, and so forth. And when we use these words, we echo what the blind men said 
to Jesus when they came forward to receive their sight. That's in Matthew chapter 9 and also in Luke chapter 19 or 18. The truth is we all come into this world with spiritual blindness because of sin. When we praise God, we cry for mercy, and we ask him, one, to forgive our sin, and two, to restore our spiritual sight. When we come to God for mercy, we are confessing that Jesus Christ is our Lord. He is our Lord because we belong to him. You see, he bought and he paid for us with his blood. That blood ransomed and redeemed out of the kingdom of darkness, he took us so that we could live with him in his kingdom of light. So the words, Lord, have mercy on us, those words are also a praise and a prayer, an acclamation and a petition. With these words, we welcome him. We confess him as Lord and pray for his gracious help. Just so you know, you have come to the right place at the right time tonight to welcome Jesus as he comes to us in both word and sacrament. We have come to the right place to receive his mercy. And he has plenty, plenty of mercy to give. On, on this special night, we remember how he gave his mercy to his beloved church in an exceptional way. Tonight we remember the night that Christ founded the sacrament of the altar. The sacrament in which he feeds us. He feeds us his broken body. And he gives us his precious blood to drink. This night, then, is the beginning of the last phase of our deliverance, the beginning of our three-day journey with Jesus. In these three days, we go from his arrest in the garden to Pilate's judgment hall, then to the place of the skull, through his cross and death, and to his glorious resurrection. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Day. Now it sounds like four days, but by biblical reckoning, it really is only three. Let me explain. The Jews begin each day at the setting of the sun. 
And anything that happens after sundown is part of the next day. So by that calculation, it is a three-day journey that we commence this Thursday evening. And by that calculation, then, it is the beginning of the day that would end in our Savior's death. And it all started with a meal. We have heard the word so often, perhaps I'm, I don't even need to say perhaps, many of you can recite these words in your sleep. Those words, our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And in a few minutes, we will once again approach this altar and receive with our mouths the very bread of heaven. Now, under this earthly bread we break and the cup that we bless, we will eat and drink the flesh and blood of Jesus. And when we do, we will follow his last will in testament where he says, do this in remembrance of me. Luke twenty-two nineteen. In this sacrament, the Lamb of God has left us a memorial of his mercy. It is a memorial that is far different than any other. We can go and visit the great battlefields of the world. In fact, I just talked to somebody today that's going to go see Normandy. And we can go there, and you, if you went, you would find elaborate monuments to celebrate the valor and the sacrifice of the soldiers who died there. If we were to visit the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., you would see and you would be dwarfed by the impressive image of the great emancipator. But these are all memorials to the dead. Now contrast this. The Lord Jesus is the lamb who was once was slain, but now is alive forever. And the memorial that he instituted is not a monument, but a meal. In this eating and drinking, we actually recall, recite, and rehearse his saving mercy. Now, some people might ask, what good is that? They might say, give me something I can use, Jesus. They could say, I could use some pointers on how to get along in this world. I could use some advice on how to be happy and successful. I could use some instructions on how to find my way through the confusion and turmoil since my life has become a mess. But mercy? Mercy? What good is that? And that's 
our problem. Well, at least that's one of our problems. You see, God sends us his gifts, and we keep trying to mark them return to sender. We might even try to take them back ourselves in an effort to exchange them for something that we like better. Is there anything better than mercy? It is in his mercy that God opens up his heart to the world, sending forth the pure and holy Lamb of God to be slaughtered in our place, which is mercy in action. And as a result of his mercy, you and me, we do not receive the penalty that we deserve. Instead, God's own Son took that penalty upon himself. And that is the gift of Jesus and his death. This mercy, this gift is at the heart of this New Testament meal, the sacrament of the altar. I'm going to say this a couple of times through this message, but talk about being at the right place at the right time, at the right table for exactly the right meal. We know in reading Scripture that there had been memorial meals before this one. And we know that the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered in that upper room, as we read in our gospel this evening. He gathered in that upper room with his disciples to commemorate the exodus of his people from Israel, from their slavery under Pharaoh. And it was the Lord's Passover that we get this look at the scene where he institutes the sacrament of the altar. We know that God had given elaborate instructions to his people for the preparation of this feast. We know that the entree was lamb, but not just any lamb, not for the Passover meal. This was a lamb that had to be without blemish, without defect. And every time they ate that meal, the Israelites ate in remembrance of the Lord and his mercy. It was a meal that was full of hope and promise. But hope and promise under the very threat of death. Remember this, that the first night in Egypt when God set his people free, it was in the midst of imminent danger. For we know in every household in Egypt, the firstborn of man and beast would die that night. Remember? That is, in every household except where the blood of the sacrificial lamb had marked the door. At those houses, the deadly plague passed over, sparing all within. And on the night of their deliverance, God's people Israel ate that first Passover 
with mixed emotions. Surely it was with gratitude and joy. We could be sure of that. But it had to be tinged with dread. For the angel of death was passing overhead. Imagine a banquet given in your honor, but with small arms fire whizzing past and cracking over your head. These people knew that they had received mercy and that they had been miraculously delivered from sure and certain death. So this then was Israel's Passover, the Old Testament sacramental meal of deliverance. And in that meal, God's people bind on a body of a very animal, the very animal that had given them and given up its life by dying in their place. It was a sacrificial lamb. And it was a communion of sorts. It was a communion in the body that died to save. In the meal that we will eat tonight, there is a communion as well. But it is a communion in a living body. It is the body of the Lamb of God who has mercy on us. Jesus intervened to rescue us from slavery to sin and death. He became the curse for us, and he died upon the cross, giving his body and shedding his blood for the remission of our sins. You will receive a Passover meal that delivers you. It is your own portion of the Lamb's blood that paints you on the inside, your own personal Passover, marking the door that death might pass over you. It saves you from sin. It saves you from death and the devil, and it gives you eternal life. Talk about being at the right place at the right time with the right meal. As Israel once dined on the flesh that revealed God's mercy and gave them life for death, so the church continually dines on the flesh and the blood that rescued us once and for all. In fact, that's why we do it every Sunday, because Jesus tells us to on this Monday Thursday, on this command Thursday. St. Paul drives this home when he calls the Lord Jesus our Passover lamb in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. And those lambs who gave their lives as the antidote to death in Egypt were only a dress rehearsal for the real thing. At the cross, the true Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, gave his body and shed his blood as a ransom price for the entire world. And so at the Lord's table this night, you and I are given yet again a front row seat in the great drama that won our salvation. You've heard that old song that asks, were you there when they crucified my Lord? 
It's a nice song. It's a sweet thought. But it remains forever figurative because the plain fact is that you and I weren't there. We can't go to the cross. But tonight, the cross comes to us. While we cannot go to Jesus, tonight, he comes to us. First at our baptism, and now, repeatedly in this Holy Supper. The Lamb, who shed his blood, that we might live, says to us, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which was shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. In this sacred memorial meal, he does more, so much more than asks us to remember him. He himself actively recalls, and he gives us once again the fruits of his love. And he gives us all of the benefits of his saving death as he says, take and eat. This is my body which was given for you. And those two little words, for you, bring us confidence and consolation in this hour. For God's love is no shadowy abstraction. It's not just some warm, fuzzy feeling. It's real. God's love for you is real. And now sin and death and hell have been overcome since Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. And now we may know for certain that we are not alone in this world and that the burdens and the sorrows of life that threaten to overwhelm us can never, ever take from us. They can never, ever separate us from the love of God. His love, his love is big enough to include the whole world. His love is precise enough, personal enough to address each and every one of us individually, right where you sit right now. God's Love is not a generic to whom it may concern. No. His love is for you, where you are, wherever you are. Again, talk about being in the right place at the right time, loved by the right God, the only true God. And in this supper, the Lord of heaven and earth, he hands you his love on a platter. He doesn't give you a symbol. He doesn't give you an emblem. He gives you the true substance of his love. 
the very flesh that he offered on that cross, the perfect lamb without blemish or spot who freely laid down his life for you so that you might live. His is a love that you can sink your teeth into in the supper. His blood, which cleanses you from all sin, he gives you to drink. You're eating and drinking salvation. Mercy. Mercy. That is what we need. And that is exactly what the Lamb of God brings us. For wherever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So be at peace this night, knowing that death and destruction may loom and lurk on every side, but everything that troubles you and all that robs you of your happy is eclipsed tonight in this banquet feast of love. In this feast, heaven intersects with earth at this altar. And in this eating and drinking, we have a foretaste of the feast to come. Jesus says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, we reply. Come soon. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Please stand if you're able. Let us confess our faith together to the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us in our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He is spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Will you pray with me? Oh God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that we turn from our evil way and live. We come before you, although we have sinned and deserve only your wrath, yet we flee to your mercy in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who gave his body and his blood for our redemption. Lord, grant that we may ever thus believe and never waver. Grant that in such faith we may worthily come to your altar to eat the very body and drink the true blood which your Son has given for our redemption. In thanksgiving, we remember and proclaim the sufferings and death of our Lord Jesus Christ in whom we place our trust. Until his return, graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us, for to you alone will we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us also pray our offertory prayer. Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, 
Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death and his resurrection and his glorious coming back. Let us now together pray the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So much more than a memorial but it is a meal that he gave to us. It's a meal that makes all the difference in the world, and you find yourself in the right place, at the right time, with the right meal given to you by just the most right and perfect God. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you up. Let us pray together. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this healing gift. And we pray that through it you would graciously strengthen us in faith toward you and in love toward one another. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy, because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live.
The cords of death entangle me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people.
precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of his people. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord.